Praise the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary, thanking God again for the opportunity of uh, getting together around the table of his word. We're going to open our prayer, um, our lesson with a word of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for all that you've done and that you're doing for us, for taking us out of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of your dear son and for continuing to reveal yourself to us. Lord, we thank you for opening our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and for giving us a heart that understands and desires truth and the things of your kingdom. Father, we ask today for clear direction in all that concerns our lives, and we ask for more grace, O Lord, to walk in the light of your word. We thank you for watching over your word to perform it in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we are looking at a lesson entitled Lessons in Faith. Amen. So we are going to be speaking about faith because everything that the Lord does for us is accessed through faith. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, we are told that we are buried with him in Christ, in baptism, wherein we are also risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him, that is Jesus, from the dead. Amen. So we see that it is through the faith of the operation of God that we were able to connect with God. Hallelujah. God deposited his own faith in our heart. And when we opened ourselves and received that faith from God and acted upon it, we were what the Bible called born again. Hallelujah. It is through faith. We are saved by faith through the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is our connector to God and our relationship with him depends on it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, uh, faith is defined as follows. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Amen. So faith is now. Amen. Uh, and it is the substance of the things that we hope for. Amen. In other words, it is real. It has substance. And it is the evidence of the things that are not seen in this natural realm, but that we have by our eyes of faith to see in the realm of the spirit. So faith is what brings the things that God has provided for us from the spirit realm into the physical realm. And the Bible tells us that our faith is the victory that, over, that enables us to overcome the world. We read that in the book of 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Amen. Uh, let's go ahead and turn to that passage. 1 John 5, 4. It states, 
For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. So this again confirms the fact that our faith was born from God. It was given to us from God. It came from him and it is programmed to overcome the world. Hallelujah. It gives us the victory. It makes us champions. The, the Bible therefore calls for every believer to walk in faith. Amen. Not little faith, not small faith, not you know, medium faith, but overcoming faith. In other words, solid faith, faith that is not mixed with anything that is not of it, that is not of God, that there is no um, mixture with the things of the world. It is a pure faith and a pure faith and a solid faith is an overcoming faith because that faith is based on the word of God. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to walk in that overcoming faith and enjoy the victory that Jesus has won for us on Calvary. Amen. Uh, the, 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 what God has done on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross cannot and should not go in vain in our lives. Amen. Um, the Bible tells us that God has given us all that we need for life and godliness and has already made us more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. So in other words, we already have all that it takes. Um, and what we need to do is to cooperate with God. Hallelujah. And how do we cooperate with him? By taking him at his word, to, by walking in faith, and then to follow up with whatever is instructions that um, the Holy Spirit gives us, we, are, we walk in obedience. Amen. We will look at uh, later on in this study how faith is an action word. Amen. So wherever there is faith, um, there is also a work that means to be done in that very thing that we have faith in. Amen. And you know, there is a purpose, I do believe, behind uh, the, the church that the Lord has you know, left here in such a world, meaning a world that is so negative, a world that the Bible describes that, is, that, that, that has Satan as the God of this world, but God has left us in it Amen. When we became born again, and there is a purpose for that. And I do believe that it is to mature us. Amen. Um, so that we can become more like him, become more Christ-like and to fulfill the mission that he has for us. Amen. And so just like Jesus, we must be totally committed to our complete transformation because God, and that is Jesus as well, uh, is fully committed to the believer being transformed into the image of Christ. Amen. Because this, the image that we carry of him um, should be one that, um, you know, confronts everything that is not of him, everything that is sinful. Amen. 
and that challenges any unbelief that we might have in our life. Amen. And we will need that if we um, want to indeed become like him and fulfill our mission in this life. Amen. Not, you know, in fulfilling our mission, not only uh, are we pleasing to God, which is the number one thing, but also we are fulfilled. We feel fulfilled when we live out the purpose for which God has left us here on the earth. Amen. Now let's go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Hebrews. We are looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Hebrews 12, verses 2 and 3 reads, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. Amen. So notice that you know, the last verse here tells us, verse 3, that uh, consider, consider Jesus, the things that he endured. Amen. Um, and, and he did that all for us. And um, it says, you know, when we look at uh, the suffering that Jesus went through, uh, what he had to bear, amen, uh, and the perseverance that he had to show forth. He says, well, you know, when you consider all of that, it will help you not to be weary and not to give up in your, our mind, amen. Um, but going back to the first verse, that is uh, verse two, says to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. We have to look to Jesus, not to look to anybody else. Amen. Um, because he is our standard. He is the reason why, amen, we uh, now have this life with God, this connection with God. He is the life that is in us. It is in him that we live and move and have our being. And all the promises of God are yes and amen inside of him. So he is the only one that we ought to look to, the only one that we ought to follow, the only one who we ought to seek. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. But regrettably, um, I would say most of us, and by us, I the church about believers. Uh, though we call ourselves Christians and believers, meaning that we believe him, we believe the word, but yet we have been looking at ourselves, amen. We have been relying on the arm of flesh to, to, to evaluate uh, our life, where we are going, uh, you know, and even in weighing the, the word of God, uh, we, we judge ourselves based uh, on knowledge coming from our mind, not from the word of God. And so we deem ourselves to be uh, weak or too frail to, to 
follow through with what God is calling us to, to do. And so because of that, many people have uh, given up or they feel like giving up or they feel that, uh, you know, they, they feel weary. Uh, some have been, have fainted in past battles. And uh, the, the Lord wants us to really change our thinking and refocus on, on Christ, to look unto Jesus. He is the author, amen? And he is also the finisher of our faith. And therefore, there is inherent ability in him to bring whatever he has for us to fruition, amen? So we are to refocus on Christ's ability and his sufficiency and take by faith our place in him. Hallelujah. And when we do that, our faith then um, is revived. It is turned on and we are stirred up to want to live like the, the, the child of God that we, that we are. Amen. He is, you know, Christ is our king and he is, you know, he is Lord. He's our master. Amen. When we are to follow him and we are to live like him. Hallelujah. And so, uh, you know, we need to ask ourselves, you know, how much of the life of Christ are we truly demonstrating in our everyday life? And because if we truly understand um, the, the ability that is in Christ, amen, um, then the church as a whole would be uh, a powerful force, actually a dominant force on this earth. This is what the Lord wants to do. Amen. So it's essential that we, uh, you know, who are in Christ, that we know who we are in him. And um, because this involves walking by faith, walking in his uh, nature and character. Amen. Because when you think of it, this is what the, 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 the inner man, the spiritual man, of a, of a uh, reborn uh, person, of a born-again person is. We, are, we have the nature and the character of Christ, and therefore, by faith, we are to walk in that nature and character. In other words, in, in holiness, in, in righteousness, in, in wisdom, and in, in his power. The Bible tells us that Christ has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Amen. So he's made, made unto us. So in other words, this has become part of who we are. And so we access all of this by faith. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the living God that God wants to live in us. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to walk in us. In other words, he wants to, to live his life, express his very life through the believer. Amen. So it's essential that we, we know who Christ is, amen, and who we are in him so that uh, whatever happens, uh, whatever challenges that we might have to face, 
uh, that we will stand unmoved and unaffected. Amen. Um, so really this implies um, knowing what Christ has done for us, um, what belongs to us, amen, um, and, and what the Lord is also doing in our life right now. And, and th this is what the Holy Spirit, the indwelling spirit has come uh, to do, to work in our life. Amen. A work of knowing and in addition to empowering us to do. Amen. So that we can become God inside minded, that we can become conscious of who we are in Christ, who this spiritual man is all about. Amen. And this should be part of our daily equipment, no matter what happened, so that uh, what may happen so that we can stand uh, by faith quietly, amen, resting in this conscious that if God is for us, then nothing or no one can come against us successfully. Yes, the enemy will come against us, but we will have the victory. Why? Because the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. That, um, you know, in Romans 8, 31, the Bible says, you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. And this is how we will be successful in living our Christian life. And, you know, and, and we praise him that he is the one who is at work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. Hallelujah. And he is the greater one that is in us. Amen. And the greater one in us is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. You know, uh, as, as believers, we know that um, we have been delivered uh, from the power of darkness. The Bible tells us that this is what happened when we give our life to Christ in Colossians chapter one, um, verses 12 and 13. We are told that God delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. Uh, and we have redemption through his blood. Our sins were forgiven. And so we have been bought back. We have uh, eternal redemption. And we must be conscious of the fact that, of this fact that we were, and therefore we are indeed delivered out of the authority, in other words, out of the power, out of the government of Satan, and of his whole kingdom of darkness. Amen. And therefore, right now, the, the, every born again believer has God's ability abiding in him in the person of Jesus Christ. And when our faith is planted upon this firm foundation, we are able to face our enemy without fear. Amen. And I will repeat that because this is very important. Um, a point that we all have to get, you know, really get it. Otherwise, we will not be able to live a successful life. Amen to move out of the realm of weakness into the realm of victory. It takes an understanding that 
we have God's ability abiding in us in the person of Jesus Christ. And because of this, then we don't have to fear. Amen. Actually, Jesus dealt with the spirit of fear as well. We are told that in uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, not only has Satan been vanquished, paralyzed, but the spirit of fear that caused us, that held us captive and caused us to be in bondage has been dealt with as well. Amen. And so we need to be conscious of this ability of the living Christ who is in us and move from the realm of weakness into a a realm of victory. Praise God. And that is why, you know, it's so essential for us to declare the word. The Bible says that life and and death is in the power of the tongue. Not only do we know the word, but we activate the word by speaking it. We declare what the Bible says about us, about the new creation in Christ. Uh, For example, to name just a few of the things that the Bible tells us is that when you're born again, amen, a born again believer, uh, that, you know, that this person is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, uh, the, in, that's in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. In that same chapter, verse 17, we are told that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Therefore, we are new creations in Christ. Praise God. Romans 8 tells us that we are more than conquerors in him, through him, who loved us and gave his life for us. We are also told that we are complete in him. Hallelujah. Uh, and him is Christ, That is, and he's the head of all principalities. Praise the Lord. And if we are in him, then we are also, amen, above all principalities. Praise God. Ephesians 2, 6 says that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Uh, You know, 1 John chapter 4 uh, tells us that we are of God, I believe is verse 5, and have have overcome them, that is the devil and his cohorts. He says, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Praise God. 1 John 4, 4, I believe. Hallelujah. So we see that, I mean, this is just the the tip of the iceberg, just, you know, the few things here that, you know, God has done for us and who we are in him. And so we see that it is God's plan uh, and his will for all his children to experience uh, the abiding presence and operation of this great ability that is part of him, that is who he is. And be, because he indwells us, that this, that this ability now has become ours. He wants us to experience its operation in our life. Amen. And when we are established in our identity in Christ, we can see this ability permeating our spirit, um, our soul, our body. Amen. And, and affect every part of our life. It exudes out in our manner of life. Amen. And this is why, uh, again, going back to 1 John 5, 4, that tells us that, you know, whatever is born of God 
overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when we are established in our faith concerning who we are in Christ, then we can see that victory permeating in every aspect of our life. Amen. And so um, there is a, a story that, I'm, I'm, you know, we all know, uh, at least I believe most of us uh, know this story. We've read it. Um, and um, it's a story that is truly, really inspiring because it looks at the life and it's, you know, taking off, obviously, from the Bible, looking at the life of someone who, in men's standard, would be the least likely to have any kind of connection with God, uh, let alone being being successful and leaving a good inheritance. Um, but we see that this, this is a woman who, by her faith, you see, um, was able to achieve certain things that uh, has kept her name, you know, known and to the point where we are even talking about her right now uh, and leave us an example of what faith has accomplished in her life. And just think of it that this person lived before the time of Jesus. Amen. Right now we are in such a better position. We are living under a better covenant where the Holy Spirit of God indwells us, where Christ lives inside of us. Amen. Um, but this woman who was a, what you would call a nobody in society was living in a pagan society, people who were enemies of God, but yet because of her faith, amen, her willingness to believe God, that her whole life changed. You see, God is love. The Bible, that's another definition of God. God is love. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. And because of who he is, love and light, God is a God of restoration. Amen. And this is what the whole Bible is all about. It is about Jesus coming into a world that had um, turned away from him, that was lost. And he has come to reconnect us to him and to the destiny that he had appointed for us, even from the foundation of the world. God at heart is a God of restoration. And the story of this woman is one of restoration. And I'm pretty sure that you know who I'm speaking about already. And the, her name is Rahab. Amen. And her story is found in the book of Joshua in the second chapter there. Um, you will see as you read that chapter that Rahab was a uh, a, a prostitute who lived in Jericho. And um, as the account uh, goes, uh, you know, Rahab gave shelter to two Israeli spies um, that were sent out to check out Jericho uh, at the time of Joshua. Um, and, the, and that's what, you know, part of the battle that the, the, the Israelites had to fight in order to enter into the promised land. And so um, believing that Jericho would fall to the Israelites, Rahab uh, took the initiative in declaring her faith in God. And in doing so, she arranged for not only 
her own deliverance, but that of her whole family. Amen. This is how good God is as, um, you know, believers in Christ. You know, God gives us, you know, a, a promise. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your household shall be saved. So just think of it. You know, our faith in, in him opens the door for other people to also experience uh, his, his love, experience his light, his salvation, his deliverance, his healing, his wholeness. Hallelujah. This is what God is all about. And this is what this woman experienced because, this, I mean, she opened her heart, amen, and received what the Holy Spirit had revealed to her because no one can know except by the spirit of God. So though he was not living inside of her, but he was able to open her understanding to the fact that, you know, this God that she's heard about is not like the, the idols, you know, people in, in her uh, town, in, in her whole society that they believed in. So God, we see in this story that God honored her faith and courage. Amen. And um, he allowed her to not only um, escape destruction, but at the end of the story, we find out that she marries an Israelite and becomes one of the ancestors of Jesus. Amen. So for time's sake, we're only going to read some of the verses in that chapter in Joshua chapter two. But however, I need to state that um, in referring to Rahab, Hebrews the book of Hebrews um, chapter 11 and verse 31 uh, had this to say about her. It's, it reads, Hebrews eleven thirty one 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Amen. So notice that this woman received these two Israelites in peace. Hallelujah. Why? Because of something she knew by this, by, in her spirit. You see, there is a category of people here um, that we see who did not believe and what happened to, to them. The Bible says that Rahab did not perish along with them. It means that those who did not, who chose not to believe, they perish. Amen. So right away we see that God is no respecter of person. He didn't choose Rahab because she might have been a beautiful woman or, uh, you know, she probably was, she could have spoken eloquently, uh, you know, or had so many assets, you know, going for her. No, God, God respect Rahab's faith. Amen. And so you see that when all is said and done, it is the word of God that will stand sure. Amen. And so the, the first lesson that we can draw from that again, is that God respects faith, amen, um, and that God wants us to be active participants and experience his word personally, amen. There are so many promises that we have in the word, every promises for every need, every desire we will ever have, amen. We find that in God's word, and so it really doesn't matter you know, we, we need to move beyond, uh, you know, what we used to think or how we used to live, uh, whatever the past 
you know, you know, however bad our past was, whether we have lost things in the past or not, let's focus on the fact that God is a restorer. Amen. He has come to restore our lives. So we are to live the, actually, if there, there, there is, you know, anything bad in our past, then we should be glad and move forward with God, knowing that he is here to restore us. Amen. Hallelujah. Restore the destiny that he had appointed for us. Looking at this woman, uh, Rahab, think of it. What were her credentials? Nothing except that she believed God. Hallelujah. And yet, just look, think of it. God's view, viewpoint of Rahab was much greater than her faith, than Rahab's faith. Yes, Rahab believed and God honored that faith. But God is a big God. His plans for us. The Bible says that eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for them who love him, who follow him. But he reveals this thing to us by his spirit. So God has things planned for us that are exceeding abundantly above what we are able to think of or ask for. Amen. And so we have to remain connected to God through our faith. Amen. And um, because God extends beyond our faith. Amen. He's a big God. Amen. So let's go ahead and turn to the book of Joshua chapter two, and we're going to read verse one. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Amen. So we see here that um, these two men went and they were received. They went to Jericho and they were received by this woman. Amen. By Rahab. But again, in looking at Rahab's life, we know that by, you know, in virtue of her uh, profession, that she was looked down upon by those in her community. Uh, and obviously, she must have been financially lacking. Otherwise, she would be engaged in a number of other activities and occupations. Amen. So the rehab does not have much. And she now stands to lose the little that she has and finds herself in in a crisis. It's a moment of crisis for her, facing the real possibility of battle and devastation. But because of the faith, Rahab says to these two spies in verse 11, Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, she says, for the Lord your God is God in heaven, above and on earth beneath. Amen. So she voices, amen, what she knew in her heart, what she believed in her heart. She spoke it out. And the people of Jericho had also heard, but did not believe. And you see, there is so much that is being said in just that one statement that she, that, that she made saying that the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Because again, remember, this woman um, is a harlot. She's a depleted and 
and spent out woman um, emotionally and physically probably exhausted and empty. And in that state, she says to the two, to these two Israeli spies who come to her home, you know, she makes that statement that your God is God on heaven and the earth and beneath. In other words, he is the greatest. He is God of all the heavens above and he has all power and he has all authority. And therefore, what nobody or can do for me, what, you know, m- money even cannot do for me, uh, or even their religion, seeing that they worship other gods, cannot do for me. She's saying, your God is the God of all heavens. He has all power. He has all authority. And therefore, he can do with me so much more than what I have right now or where I am right now in life. He can meet all my needs. And it's out of her recognition of God's ability to do what nothing or no one else could do that her heart cries out for deliverance for herself and for her family. And she voices that to the the two spies. Amen. And therefore, there are a number of lessons that we can draw from that. Amen. Um, uh, Number one, that God hears the heart cry of every person who calls out to him and declares that he is Lord. Amen. That he is Lord over the heaven and the earth, as Rahab said. Uh, in John chapter 3 and verse 16, we all know this. Uh, the Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him, amen, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whosoever, amen, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman or whether you're young or old or educated or uneducated, whether you're rich or poor. It is whoever. It doesn't matter your culture, your race, your nationality. Amen. Praise God. God is no respecter of person. He sees your heart and the cry of your heart. And if the cry of your heart is for him, then he is there and he will meet you at your point of need. Amen. The second lesson that we learn here is that God doesn't determine what our future is going to be based on our past. He knows that, you know, the Bible says that he knows our frame, that we are but dust. Amen. Sin has corrupted of all humanity. So everybody has a past. Amen. So God doesn't look at our past and what, it, what may have done neg- that could be negative or corrupt. He doesn't look at it. All of God's promises are available to us the moment we cry out to him for deliverance and salvation again because god is not a respecter of persons amen in the book of acts chapter 10 and verse 34 tells us that it says actually let let's go ahead and work and and look at 34 and 35 verses uh in book in the book of acts chapter 10 it says god is no respecter of persons but in every nation he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, I, I'm sorry, I said with him, it is accepted by 
him. So really, when, he, when the word says those who fear him, um, the word fear speaks about showing awe or respect and honor to him. It is to recognize that almighty God is the Lord over the heavens and the earth. And uh, it is also, in a, in a way, acknowledging that God knows more than we do, He's, that he knows better. And therefore, that we are acknowledging that his ways are higher than our ways, than anything that man can do, that his, his plans are better, they are more effective, and that um, they are infinitely more blessed than anything that man could, could come up with, could generate. Amen. And also a third lesson I do believe that we can draw from that is that our faith honors is what honors God. And again, as we just mentioned, God does not look at our past mistakes. Amen. And decides that, oh, based on what he has done or she has done, that, you know, they, they are excluded from, you know, this or that promise. That This is not the way. God operates, and this is not who he is. Amen. Uh, God does not give us anything based on our good works. The Bible says that our good works, apart from, from him, are like filthy rags. So we have to come to him, allow ourselves to be washed by him. Amen. To become accepted in the beloved, to become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so that, you know, by this faith that has brought us to him, now his promises can flow to us. Praise God. Uh, God doesn't, is never impressed with anything that, you know, has been done with the arm of the flesh. Amen. Um, the only thing that he sees is a blood-bought believer. Amen. That has been washed by his, the, the blood that he himself has shed for us. Amen. So our past really doesn't matter. Um, God really just wants our faith. It is our faith that he honors. And regardless of what happened in the past, we are promised in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. Amen. So it's truly imperative. Uh, that we know God, amen, uh, in, that we know him in our spirit, not just in our head, in our spirit. Uh, and that's what allows the things uh, to spring forth in our life, the things of God. And we see based on this, the, the story of this woman that in her heart, she knew something that the other people did not know, of, the, of that city didn't know. Uh, because they had refused to believe. And um, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 18 to 19 says this, it says, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. So God is saying here that he's going to do a new thing. Forget the things of the past. Amen. This thing is going to show forth, to spring forth, he says, and you will know it. 
Amen. It's essential for us to know that God has a plan for us. Amen. Uh, that he does not do these good things uh, based on us. It is because of his son, Jesus. And, and because we now have faith in the finished work of the cross of Jesus. Amen. And therefore, whoever comes to him, whether it is a harlot or it is somebody you could, the society would label as a virtuous woman, God can take either one of them and raise them up at, to the same level. Amen. If they only will trust in him and put their total assurance in him. Amen. So this is a message that is telling us if we believe God can rebuild our life, he can bring restoration to our life. Amen. If we can believe God can restore our broken home. If we believe God can remold our broken dreams. We see that Rahab believed God to save her entire family because she could, she knew in her spirit that destruction was coming. And we see that when the city of Jericho fell, all of Rahab's house was saved. All her family, all that she had, amen, was saved. And um, the houses around her, uh, they fell. The, the people of that city um, were killed, but God saved this woman, amen, and he saved her family that was in her house with her. He spared her and all that she had so that she was able to take out of that city, carry away whatever was in her house, but most importantly, her family members, and all of that because she put her faith as Lord in heaven above and the earth beneath. Amen. Hallelujah. So whoever may believe or think that their background is keeping them from moving forward with God, then please understand that God is, the only thing that he's asking from you is, is to receive him by faith. Amen. And um, you know, again, the only thing that moves God is our faith. Amen. Um, even if we, we know we're going through a pity party, we feel sorry for ourselves. Let's also realize that our emotions are not what moves God. Amen. Um, because, you know, God is not going to save us because he feels sorry for us. Um, he will not move be just because we are in a bad place. What he needed to do has already been done to change the way we feel about ourselves and to take us out of that bad place into the good place. He has given us the solution and the solution is the cross. It is Jesus. Amen. God does not look at our great need and make it the reason as, as to why he should move. God saves, he delivers, and he blesses because we cry out to him with our faith. Amen. Praise God. So we need to 
make sure that we are rooted and grounded in his word because his word is what builds our faith. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans chapter uh, 7, 10, I'm sorry, Romans 10 and verse 17. Amen. But then there, are, there is an action that must follow. It's not just receiving and not doing anything and sitting and waiting for God. Faith must be active. Amen. Um, because faith is, again, what empowers us to attain all that God has for us. So we, it must be active. Faith is an action word. Uh, for example, if we turn to the book of James, we will see this. James chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. Let's go ahead and turn there. James 2, 25 and 26. Likewise, he says, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. So in other words, we must initiate or act upon what God says, what the word says, the promise that God has given us. We have to take a certain action, initiate action. Amen. Um, and that is why in that same chapter, we are told, uh, I believe verse 22 says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Amen. One who just hears the word and doesn't do it ends up deceiving himself and doesn't receive anything from the Lord because there must be a, an action, a corresponding action to the word that we have received. So what is it that we are to do as we act on our faith? Well, we are, we are to step out on God's word and obey it. We are to um, sow seeds of faith. And very importantly, the Bible tells us in Galatians 5, 6, that faith works by love. Amen. And so um, the love of God has been shed when we became born again, was shed abroad in our hearts by the, the power of the Holy Spirit, according to Romans 5 and verse 5. So the love of God is there. It's, it is Christ living in us, expressing himself through us. Amen. And we, even our ability to love God is in response to the fact that he has loved us first. And now that love has been shed abroad in our heart. So we are to walk in love. The reason that we are born again, that we are now his child is because of his love. We are children of love. Amen. And so we are supposed to walk in that love by sharing it with others, giving, helping others, walking in love. Amen. And we have no excuse. You see, there is a law of sowing and reaping that is always at work, whether we believe it or not, or whether, you know, um, you know, we don't, even if we don't know that it is there, that does not change the fact that it's not in operation. Amen. For example, somebody may say, well, I, I don't know about the law of gravity. Well, that doesn't change the fact that gravity exists, amen, and you're not floating in the air because, ex ex exactly, because gravity is doing its work and keeping you 
firmly on the ground. Amen. So whether we know it, we don't know it, we accept it or we reject it, that law is in operation. And um, actually Ephesians chapter six and verse eight tells us this. Uh, it says, whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. Amen. Whatever anyone, any good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. So what you sow, you're going to reap. Amen. Um, and, you know, whenever we um, walk in love and look after another person's welfare and make things happen for them, we can be sure that God is taking note, note of this and he will make things happen for you. So we cannot just sit and be passive. We, again, faith is an action word. We have to walk in love. We have to be doers of the word. And um, we have to pray and believe God. Hallelujah. Uh, and when we believe God for something, whether it's for ourselves or somebody else, we have to believe along with the promise that God has given us, knowing who God is. And that God, as I said, not only wants to bring restoration to our lives, but that, you know, the, the exceedingly great and precious promises that the Bible speaks about, God wants us to inherit them and to walk in these blessings. So if they are exceedingly great, we know that God, that he is not a small God. He's a big God. He's a large God. And uh, his blessings make rich, the Bible says, and to which he adds no sorrow. So we have to believe according to the promise. Uh, and, you know, don't put God in a box. In other words, God is a big God. So believe him for, you know, big things that he will do by his own power. Amen. Hallelujah. And we must not depend on people, on the arm of the flesh. We have to stop uh, waiting for people to come along to help us. Yes, God can send somebody to help us, but then notice that he is the one who's sending the person. Hallelujah. Praise God. So our trust must be in him. Praise God. And we must not be passive um, because passivity will keep us from receiving the, you know, what God has for us. So we have to get up and get busy and trust the Lord and reach out to others. Hallelujah. Putting all of our faith in him and watch him cause something new, something significant happen in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. And then um, another thing that I must say that is very essential for us to do, um, that is part of activating our faith, is that we are to speak, amen, as God speaks. Because if we know what the promises of God are, who God says we are and where he's taking us, then God says, you must speak like I do. Because again, life and death is in the power of the tongue, amen. So we have to first decide, establish what we know. Do we know the greater one that is in us? Do we know that we are more than conquerors? Do we know that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus? Do we know that God is our provider? Amen. Well, 
when we know what the word of God says, we are to speak that word. Amen. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13, the Bible says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. So the spirit of faith speaks, praise God, and that is how faith is activated. And so we are to speak our promises. And another way, another way to speak is also speaking against the enemy, rejecting everything that is negative, that is contrary to our progress and advancement. And we are not to nurture the things that God says to put out, to cast out. We are to resist. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free from us. Amen. So we are to resist the, 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 the wrong thoughts, not, refuse, not receive the, the, the negative thoughts that the enemy is trying to plant in our head. Resist the emotions that want to take us away from what God is doing. Amen. So we must know what the word of God says. We must know our position. Amen. And it's going to take effort to think like, the, to think the word, hallelujah, and speak the word. Why? Because we are living in a negative world. Amen. With the Bible calls Satan, the God of this world. So we are really swimming against the current whenever we decide to follow God. But as we discipline, discipline ourselves, we persevere and we develop this way of life, then it's going to become easier and easier and, and become instinctive to us to speak the truth, not the lies of the enemy. Amen. And we should be able to look at anything that the enemy is trying to bring against us, um, even the disappointments, you know, and, and not pay attention to them and focus on what the word says and know that indeed our Redeemer lives. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so there is always a corresponding action, as, as I said earlier, um, as we are led by the Spirit. Because notice, even in Rahab's story, what did she do? She, she not only received the spies, but also when they came, the people of the, the town came looking in her house. She hid them on her roof. Amen. And um, it, is, and, and it is during that, after she had done that, that she was able to speak to these men. And, and this is it's interesting what she told them. She says, uh, in Joshua 2 and verse 9, she says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land, of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on this other side of the Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And then she goes on to say in verse 11, and as soon as we had heard these things, our heart did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Then she goes on and says, for the Lord your God, God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we see therefore that this woman believed in her heart and she goes on, she took action and then goes on to make her request. And she asked big, what did she ask for? 
verses 12 to 14, goes on to say, Now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the man answered her, our life for yours, if you utter not this our business. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see at the end of this story that Rahab went as far as her faith could take her. She believed, she acted, she issued commands and instructions based on what she knew. And she was not afraid to ask for the best, not for herself only, but for her whole family, her whole house. And we see that the spies placed her under God's protection. Amen. And um, they asked her to place a scarlet ribbon, which actually is a representation of the blood of Jesus. So she came under the protection of God. And the Bible tells us of her outcome, that how God honored her and courage. She escaped destruction. Her whole family escaped. She ended up marrying an Israelite and to become one of the ancestors, ancestors of Jesus. So did God answer her request, her desire, her prayer? Yes. And he did much more, much more than that. God saw her need for total restoration. And he blessed her with not only the peace that he himself is and represents, amen, he is shalom, meaning the God who has, you know, he has everything for us, amen, so that we don't lack anything, that nothing is out of order, there is nothing missing in our life. And this is what he wants to do, as he did for Rahab, he wants to be our shalom. And our covering. Amen. So in closing, let me say that we are not to look at, amen, um, you know, ourselves or whatever natural reports that we may, you know, be facing, or we are not to base ourselves on how we feel to determine the outcome of a situation. We are always to reason with the word of God because the enemy will use fear to try to feed fear into us, to plant wrong thoughts into our mind. What we must do is remain in the word. If we want to be victorious, we are to replace every negative thought with the word of God and remain with it no matter what. And while we do that, we are also praising the Lord. Hallelujah. We must allow ourselves to be fully persuaded. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, those who trust in him, depend on him and follow him by following his word. Amen. And the leading of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So our faith, and the good plans that God has for us are really born of him. They come from him. Amen. 
And God's word is unchangeable, it is immutable, it is incorruptible, and it endures forever. So we have to come to that place to know that if God says something, that he will, he means it and he will do it. Praise God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise the Lord. So let us take our stand in God's word. Amen. Believe him. Know where we stand. Amen. And also know that because we are standing, that God will not only give us the desire of our heart, but that he will do exceeding abundantly above what we can ask or even think about. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Father, we submit ourselves to you, O Lord, to your Lordship, the Lordship of your spirit, the Lordship of your word, O God, as we embrace this study about faith. We ask that your power will manifest through this word, that your revelation will come, O God, even beyond what we shared today, and that you will speak in our spirit to reveal and open to us dimensions of your faith at work in us that we have not seen before. And Lord, we pray that we would not simply know in our head, but that we will be transformed into the same image and be strengthened with might in our inner man to walk by faith and to fight the good fight of faith. Thank you, Lord, for taking us from glory to glory in Jesus' name. Father, we rejoice in you, in your faithfulness and in your mighty power that manifests your goodness in our lives. We worship you, O Lord. We give you all honor, all praise, all glory that is due to you and to you alone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God for today. We thank God for this wonderful study. I pray that it's been a blessing to you and that the Lord will continue to reveal more and more to you. Hallelujah. I invite you to join us again next week at the same time. God bless you and have a good night.